Welcome to the premiere of the Accessibility Corner. Sometime last week, I was go. I've been doing podcasting here and there for the past eight, nine years. And last week, I kind of got discouraged. And see, initially, I started with the Accessibility Corner, focusing on people's disability services and community resources. And I kind of deviated from that. I started going to other stuff that really didn't focus on disability. Kind of did, but kind of didn't. And so I was getting kind of like frustrated, tired of it, because I, I lost my focus, so to speak. A blind guy telling you that. So I, I posted on Facebook that, you know what, I think it's time for me to, you know. And I got a call from someone I never expected. And we've spoken before, but not really to the point where this gentleman called me, Dr. Juarez, and he basically told me, what are you doing? You know, get back into the game. You know, stuff, information is needed out there. And it, it's true, folks. People with disability is such a, a underserved community. And it's shows like this that help us get more uh, inclusive. So thank you, Dr. Juarez. And he also offered to post a show with me. Thank you, sir, for doing that. Because sometimes you need that little, that little, shaking their wake up like hey what's wrong with you so i do appreciate that dr Quartus, for you kind of reaching out to me and, and kind of putting me in, back in, in focus and i do appreciate that sir thank you well uh george uh i think the accessibility corner is a, a really important service to the community yes. and i just thought there's no way that we could lose this you know just because uh um, something didn't work out. So I thought, you know, I think it'd be great if I could join you and uh, we could take it from there because uh, there are a lot of people, even in this election cycle, that need to be asked, well, what are you doing for the for the community? Mm -hmm. And uh, if elected, you know, uh, what do you um, think of, of doing to help the community as well? And there are also a lot of people that... Uh, people need to hear from. So I think it's a very unique and uh, great service, your podcast, the Accessibility Corner. And uh, I felt it was something that needed to continue. So Yeah, because when, when I first started, Mr. Quartus, Dr. Quartus, what I first started is, it's, I, I wanted to do, I've always been a resource guy. I've always been an outreach guy. When I was at the Borderplex, I always did outreach. So when I wanted to know more information, and this really started from a story. I'll tell you a real quick story. So a family friend, their mom was had a disability. So they were a senior. They were a senior. And they're like, they reached out to me, Mijo, what can you do to help my my mom? I'm like, what do you mean? Because she's, she's, she's okay. I mean, she's able-bodied you know, or ablatory, but she's by herself. I go to work, and she's getting depressed because... You know, she feels like she's not the same person she used to be, which a lot of us feel like that, either with or with disabilities, right? But oh, so I'm like, you know what? Let me see what I could do. So I called around. I wasn't working, so I had a lot of free time. So I started calling around, calling around, and I found this program 
called the Senior Senior Companion Program. Is that is by a um um the I went blank on the clinic, La Fe La Fe okay. Clinic, and what they do, they give you up to twenty hours a week, and the person goes out there volunteer, and they sit with you, they cook a, maybe a small lunch, and they'll sit with you, just talk or play games, and so this person took advantage of it, their mom, and she's like she's coming maybe like four or five months later, this has been a while back, she's like God George, that really made a difference in my mom. Now she's you know, more talkative, more. And ever since then, I'm like, you know what? Like you said, Dr. Juarez, people don't know that information. That could go in a bad way. What I mean by that is if someone has a dis- uh, disability and they're depressed, what happens sometimes? Unfortunately, they commit suicide because they're alone. But there's resources out there that can help them. And so, like I said, Dr. Juarez, I do appreciate you kind of like give me that virtual Will Smith pop in the head. <laughs> And say, so, you know, you know. <laughs> but not only that, folks, Dr. Quadis, do me a favor. Tell me about your, what you told me of all back about your, your, your upcoming academics regarding the teachings you're going to do, which I think is really neat, folks, about the disability history or well, history. In disability. Uh, well, well, I had long thought of uh, offering a class on disability uh, history, but I approached the humanities, uh, which is a, a department at UTIP on teaching uh, disability, some aspect of disability studies. So the director said, well, it needs to be within the context of the humanities. The humanities are art, religion, philosophy, performance studies, and so forth. So uh, he said, well, can you put together a course called maybe disability represented in the humanities? And I said, oh, great. You know, I have a background in art. And I thought, oh, it'd be great to present uh, disability, how disability manifests itself in the arts, in uh, literature, in creative writing. I know we have some creative writers out there. Uh, and I was thinking, and then invite some of the individuals in the community who do art, uh, who do uh, uh, performance. Uh, there have been some groups that do even theater, theater uh, performance. And so I thought this was great it'd be a great opportunity. Uh, so this course, that's if it makes, uh, will be offered in the fall at UTIP. But since then, since I've been researching, I've been asking various people about if they had heard any disability studies courses being taught. And in 2000 and 2001, Maria Perez, who uh, in the sociology department, she offered courses to social workers. On disability, on, on disability, and the disability uh, uh, rights movement, and she had, she said, she told me she had fifteen students, which is uh, great. But I think uh, the whole aspect of disability needs to be communicated across across the aisle to other people who might think that it doesn't affect them because a lot of people have said you're you're like a car accident away from becoming disabled yep uh and i think with the aging baby boomers a lot of uh uh individuals will become disabled for some reason or another and it's um there's this concept of 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 aging in place have you ever heard of aging in place that no sir that we should all be uh i think that's the right term I don't know. I maybe uh, yeah, aging in place, and so I think we all need to be aware of the services that are out there because we may need to use them. I myself, uh, 
in uh, 2013, I was living out of town and uh, I went out, uh, I was working at the University of North Texas and I went out on a walk uh, and uh, then uh, I went through an area that uh, had mud in it, but I, it was so dark that I didn't see it. And all of a sudden I started falling face first, face down. And I almost broke my glasses. And then I tried to get up, but I felt my right knee swelling and it was real painful. So the good thing is that I had my phone. So I called the campus police and I had my, 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 my uh, employee ID and they called an ambulance. And so since 2013, I had fallen before, but that was a, a significant fall and I broke my knee. And so, and so then they, uh, uh, the, the ER doctor, you know, put my knee together, but they had, he had put some screws in. And then, uh, at the end of the six weeks when they evaluate my knee, the screws were separating my knee. So I decided to come back to El Paso and I saw a doctor here and the doctor that saw me, he said, who did this to you? I mean, he was <laughs> upset. And, uh, I told him what had happened and he said, well, we'll, we'll fix it. And he fixed it, but still, I have, I still have ongoing mobility issues. I mm. use a cane. At first. That's what you like. You said, Doctor Quadras, right. just by that little walk. Yeah, folks, it's COVID. Look at COVID. It's a long haul COVID. Right. People are having, right. you know, I mean, having issues, right? And so, and so, we live in a world where, uh, in an instant, you uh, something will happen to you. And uh, so now you enter into the world of uh, uh, disability and uh, a lot of people don't know the resources, don't know the resources that are available. And I think a program like this to taking terms from religion to witness to people about the resources that are out there to discuss some of the concepts like uh we have a large retired military population mm-hmm. and many of those uh veterans are have disabilities and i think also to get a perspective into how veterans are dealing with disability and i think it's an eye-opener it's an eye-opener because yes. we have the veterans uh we're losing well we've lost the world war ii veterans and then we have, uh, from there, we have the Korean veterans. There's a few Korean veterans uh, around, and then Vietnam and other subsequent wars. And so there are a lot of uh, veterans out there who would, you know, share their story because their stories are, are, are important and unique, and people need to know what they have gone through. So there's yes. a lot of groups here in El Paso and actually around the country uh, who are trying to work together to make it um, uh, to make it better for disabled veterans, disabled people, and it's just uh, I think it's it's a civil rights issue that needs more attention, and sooner or later a lot of people are going to be in it, and it's better that they become educated as to what's out there, George. Not only that, Doctor Quartis, like I said, going back to the original thought is when I when that person reached out to me, I reached out, I, I looked around for resources, and I go, okay, you know, I found the La Fea Clinic, and I went beyond that. And I've always been a 
like I said, podcasting. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I could learn podcasts or learn resources from podcasts, right? Like I hear it and I could pass it along or share it on Facebook or whatever. So I looked, not for quite I looked and looked on Google and uh, the internet and you name it. I couldn't find one. And I'm like, wow, that is crazy. Thinking about all this stuff out there, folks, you'll be amazed at all the resources and there's no 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 disperdition no um, point of disperdition where we could send out information out. So hopefully, with this show, folks, that would change at least one person's life. And we, if it does that, a hey, we've done our job. That's for sure. Um, talking about real quick, uh, Dr. Quadis, you said aging in place. There's this service. And we'll talk about this sometime in the show you know, down the road. It's called Restive Services. Hey, folks, who are listening, call it Restive Services. So if you're caring for someone, like me like my, me and my wife, at one time we were caring for my mom before she passed, it's very stressful, very, very stressful. You know, changing them and taking, we had to use a Hoyer lift to take her out of the bed, and it was a lot of work, but we, we did it because, you know, my mom. But the point is, it was very stressful, tiring. Because 24-7, she had to go to the restroom at 2 in the morning, we had to take her out of the bed, and... So we found this thing just by accident. It's called AAA, uh, Rio Grande AAA, uh, called the Area Aging, Rio Grande Area Aging. Uh, and what they do, they do by grants. They offer you, your family, what's called restive services. So what they do, they'll come in and they'll take your place. And they'll tell you, like you, uh, let's say you, Dr. Quadis, you know what, Mr. Quadis, Dr. Quadis, rest. Go to the store, go to the park, relax, we got this. They do up to three, three to six months, depending on the grants. And they also help pay for diapers, wipes, all the good stuff. So, well, that's the kind of information that we want to put out. So, but yeah, well, that's a great service. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, because we also did that with, with my mother, que descante en paz. We all, you know, um, we're able to get her a hospital bed. We had to, mm. we had a Hoyer lift. And, and it is a lot of work. It is a, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you kind of look at how we took care of our parents and you ask yourself, is that going to be me in the future? <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. Uh, these services are, I think, are important. You know, it would have been so good to have known that when my mother was around, if uh, uh, we we could have tapped into a service like that. Yeah. And the bottom line of the whole concept of aging in place is that people need to retain their dignity yes. about, uh, you know, helping them try to keep as much of, uh, and there's no such a thing as a normal life, but a life that they're used to, surrounded by their family, surrounded by, you know, assisted by these services, because that's the really important thing, you know, in the, Mexican-American community, you know how some of our families are. They uh, they don't want someone to come visit them. You know, <laughs> uh, They say, no, I'm not going to have a stranger in my house. Yeah. But sometimes you have to let that guard down because people want to help you. Yeah, And, and you have help. to get the service. Yes, you right. have to get the help. And, mm-hmm. and, and you have to let them come and help you. Uh, there comes the point where you have to, you know, allow them to help you. But, you know, many of our relatives, even our brothers and sisters are like, no way, I'm not going to have a stranger. <laughs> you know, right, so. that's what we said. We're like, we're not, we're not going to have somebody, but you know what, like you said, uh, Dr. Quartas, at the end of the day, our culture wants us to take care of our mom or our father or, right, or right, our daughter right, or our right. son. 
Yes. So hopefully with this show, folks, we're kind of, kind of, kind of give you the, a quick synopsis of what we want to do with this show, where we want to take it, and I, I believe we have a lot of potential, especially with you, Doctor Aquinas, with your resources, especially in the arts, because kind of transition to the first discussion that I want to have is disability awareness. You you hit it perfect on the on the head there, Doctor Aquinas. Show. Not the limitations. I always say people with, I always say people with disabilities don't have limitations, only potential. And what I mean by that is, like you said, Dr. Quattis, the arts. Yes. There's, or, or, or being a, a, a writer or being this or being an actor or an actress. So, but that, that all ties into what we call disability awareness. And this show, we're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to want to show what you can do, not, we're not worried about what you can't do because you can't do it, you can't do it. But let's right. focus on what you can do. And let me ask you a, a quick question, Dr. Ricardez. I have always asked this question when I ever do, been asked to do talks and whatnot, and especially in front of parents and kids. What's the biggest barrier that you feel is out there for people with disabilities, Dr. Ricardez? I think the biggest barrier is that people don't know what the resources are. That's uh, and they don't really... Uh, know how to uh who to contact and i think they might know what to say but they don't know what their rights are either so i think uh you know the american with disabilities act i think it's really important it spells it out but they've never read it they've never got over it uh and so they have a really good idea of what their rights are but they really don't so I think it's important to even talk about those issues and yes. and 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 how the how the law has changed over time. I remember in this must have been maybe 1999 or 1998. I was actually living in Buffalo, New York, and um, uh, they decided to have a conference there called the Oral History Association. It was a conference of. Uh, oral historians, and they asked me to be on a committee to select a paper, to re- read papers that people had written about uh, uh, about uh, various issues and uh, uh, using um, a process that's called oral history, where you interview people and you ask them a list of questions. And this student uh, had written a, uh, he did a, he did a paper, like 20 page paper or so on the history of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the actual legal document. And he interviewed various people and so forth. And I thought that was such an excellent paper. Uh, myself and my, I was head of the committee. We give him the award. And so really? during the conference, he came, he came, uh, we sent him the, the means to come to the conference and he showed up in a wheelchair wearing a tie and a suit and everything. And he was running around very energetic. And I sat next to him and I told him, we really appreciate your paper. Well, this student went out, I think he was studying history. He went out and became a professor. Really? You know? And wow. I never really reached out to him and, and told him, remember me when hmm. we give you your award. And so by telling you the story, I want to tell you that uh, disability uh, and the resources and, and everything else we we will be talking about is a very human process. Mm-hmm. We're all human. We have needs. We have responsibilities. 
and it's who we are. Fine, and I think sometimes people who have these needs may not know where to go or what to say, or they don't know what the rights are. They think that you know. I I think some cultures think that we're asking for too much. That um, you know we're being too demanding. And some people would, some people have this notion of being independent, but there comes a time where you, it's important to ask for help. And then, as you know, in the Mexican American culture, the men are kind of machos, like, mm -hmm. I'm going to call, you know, so and so <laughs> and get this, you know, I have my pride and my family, whatever. And there comes a time you have to let it, let that go because you need help. You yep. need help. And, There's uh, these agencies <laughs> apply for funds to do this, and they want to help the community. And that, that's that's folks, especially if you if you if you have barely become what we call newly disabled, either to a mobility impediment or vision impaired or hearing, you're going to freak out. Or you're, you're, let's say your family member, your dad or mom or sister or brother, don't be afraid to reach out. Like Dr. Juarez is saying, ask those questions. Hey, can I do? Matter of fact, there's some funding through the city. Uh, through um, the community development plan uh, department, and actually now depending on the on the money available, they'll actually help your help you if you own the home make it ADA accessible. You know, modify the restrooms, modify put a ramp in. So even there is stuff out there, folks. Just ask. Reach out to me, George Savala, or Dr. Juarez. We'll find you because like you, like you said, uh, Dr. Juarez. Information is very powerful. You being a professor, just, I'm talking to the, the choir here, but information is powerful. You know your rights. Know what's out there to help, not only help yourself, but help your tia, your tia, your mom. Because like you said, Dr. Juan is a bitch. Unfortunately, and it's funny you said that. Now I'm thinking about it. Me and my wife were talking about that just a few minutes ago before the show. What about us? Like you say, Dr. Juan, we don't have kids, you know, I don't have no brothers and sisters. My my wife does, but what what happens to us when we get old? We're going to need resources. We're going to need those services because I want to live at home. I don't want to live in an institution right. or you know. And I've heard that. Let me tell you a quick story. We got a call. This is many years ago. Did you ever know Frank Losano? Losano? It sounds familiar. He sounds yeah, familiar. he was through, through Adapt. Him and Jose Jose Lara, and so this is years ago. We got a call. Check this out. Dr. Juarez, from Alma Gordo. She, a lady was 62, 63 years old, still in good health. She was blind. Her husband passed away. She had no kids. So her, her siblings didn't know what to do. Like you said, they were scared. Or like that video said, they were scared. And so they put her in a nursing home. Mm. She called Frank crying. Frank, get me out. So he was pissed. If you knew Frank, those who know what I'm talking about, Frank was a firecracker. That man, he was my hero. He was him and Jose Lara. But they went and took her out, got her an apartment. Just because she's blind, they put her in a nursing home. So, you know, like you said, Dr. Quarters, we want to be independent. We, we want to be at home. So come on, let's use those resources, right? So, uh, uh, yes, and, and I also want to say that sometimes family wants to help, but they are also the problem because uh, basically uh, they might say, oh, you're not that bad. You know, just take it. Just, you know, be a, be a macho and just take it. You're not that bad. You don't need 
the assistance of strangers, you know, that's also uh, keeps people from getting assistance because your family will tell you, oh, you know, you've, you've, you've been like this for a year. So what, what happened? You know, you're going to be begging for services. So no. the, the stereotypes and perceptions are out there. And I think, uh, you know, it's your right to have the quality of life that you deserve, no matter yes. who you are, right? Yes, sir. I mean, oh, going back to that question I asked you about was the biggest barrier. I, 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 let me go back to that real quick. <clears throat> so I asked that question to everyone. And I've asked city, I asked the mayor, I've asked all these people this question. And they all say this, and like you did, Dr. Carter, which is, all those are valid. They are, they, they are valid. But I think the biggest uh, barrier, because I've seen it through either advocacy that I've done or my friends and family, is perception. Right. Because no matter what, like right now, I could be talking to you. Nobody knows I'm blind until I say it. Until I get up and walk with my cane, and they're like, oh, he's blind. Or like you see you, oh, Dr. Juarez, and you see you with a, with a cane, like, he's. So right away, <laughs> They they kind of you know you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. Yes, they, what they do is they pigeonhole you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right, they're right. They put you they put you in, in your little Hollywood square, and that's <laughs> and that's where you're going to stay. You know. Yeah, yeah. Or or there's like for me, it's and it, it's funny because for a bunch of my friends that are blind say the same thing. They talk to us louder. I'm going to step away from the mic. How are you doing? I'm like, I'm blind, not deaf. You know, my wife might say I have selective hearing, but <laughs> but the point is, you know. So hopefully, with this show, folks, we're kind of kind of laying the foundation for future shows. We're gonna talk about all the stuff that needs, like you said, Doctor Quartus, and you're right. That needs to be discussed. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk, talk some some subjects that you don't want to hear because uh, there's some things I do want to talk about. Like if you're disabled, what how how did they become or how did it uh, translate into you getting married? Or how does the social cycle or social environment treat you if you're a, a female with a disability or a male? Or how do you get a job? Or so All this stuff needs to be discussed because you know what, Dr. Juarez? If we're saying it, there's someone out there that's watching that stuff that's going through it. There's someone that's talking that we're talking to right now that says, that's happening to me. Right. And we want right. you, you know, you're not alone, you know? Right, right. And also this concept of, like I tell you, either family members who are not disabled uh, they tell you, oh, you're not that bad. You know, I mean, you're not that disabled. You know, what I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, I mean, you know, when you enter into the the air the area of disability, it's it's for you to kind of decide. And your doctor, right? Your doctor tells you, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but often relatives and even you know spouses, partners, they say, oh, you're not that bad. But you know, I mean, come on, I mean. Just because they're not experiencing the difficulties you're experiencing, it, and I remember, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, so when I uh, basically, this was maybe after uh, 2013, I went to a conference uh, to present in in Portland, and I was in a in a panel, and everyone was younger than myself, and so I went to this conference, and they. They we were going to have a meeting before we presented, and they kept changing the meeting. Oh, we're not going to meet at that hotel. We're going to meet four blocks away at this place, and then they would change it again. And for me, um, with mobility issues, 
that was a big problem. Just that was mm-hmm. a big problem. But these young people, oh, they didn't care. They were running around and all that. And I brought it up to them, and they all looked at me like, "What's he talking about?" Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't hey, see you, it. Let me tell you this, Doctor Juarez. Now I, I experienced it. So you probably did. Was was your was your uh, mom or dad? The 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 time it it takes to get ready. Like me, I get ready real quick, and just my wife gives me my clothes, my nose, right? But when you get elderly, or or you have a disability that you know you can't move around. For example, uh, you, you had like a friend of ours. He had polio. He couldn't move his from his chest down, only his arms. I think his right arm. Like my mom, it took us literally forty five minutes to get her ready. So if she wanted to go to a movie or go with her friends. It was it was a task. It was forty five minutes. Get her dressed, make sure she's okay, you know, go to the restroom, take her pills, put her on the bus. And then, so, it, like you said, Dr. Juarez, those young folks or people that don't have a disability, hey, no, 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 don't make a big deal of it. But when you experience it and you see it, it's in your household, then you're going to say, oh crap, I need help. And this is what we're here for. We're going to try to help you with those, those things. And not only physical resources, folks. But mental resources for your mental health, because as you know, Doctor Juarez, taking care of someone that's disabled or elderly is stressful. Because yeah. number one, you see your parent or your spouse or your child suffering or in pain or have chronic whatever, and you, that stresses you out. And then plus, you know that they need all these services. So you know that's one thing I do want to introduce into this conversation is mental health. You know of the caregivers and the person with a disability. Like the veterans, like you said, um, Dr. Quad is a veteran. We have, what, X amount of veterans here? You don't think that coming home from from war, I know a guy uh, came from Afghanistan, he was in the Air Force. He went normal, quote-unquote, he came back, both of his eyes were blown out, he went blind. So how do you transition from, quote-unquote, normal to blind? Or yes. walking to not walking, you know? So... Those are the kind of conversations we're going to have, and I think that's going to really be important. But, but like you kind of mentioned earlier, Doctor Juarez, you know, you need to know your rights too. Okay, there's resources, but at the same time, you know, you need to know your rights. And what I mean by that is, know what's eligible or what's coming to you in regards to services or or just anything in, in general. What I'll say this, and make sure I, I say this correctly, the ADA. It's not meant to make me special. Okay? It's, it's meant for me to be equal. That's it. I want the same services that you have. So the ADA affords me that opportunity either to legislation or to whatever we need to do to push that ADA forward because it still needs work. But the ADA allows me to be equal, not special. Okay? Because I, I always hear this. Well, I want this. I want that. Mm-mm. It's supposed to be where you have equal access. That's it. Like they say, equal rights. So hopefully with this that kind of discussion, you understand that, kind of put that in context. Because um, the ADA, without that, Dr. Quadri, you're talking to me before the show. Very interesting, folks. I hope, can you say that a little bit or about Dr. Uh, about um, Benjamin Franklin in 1771? Just going oh. back to now, yeah. like just how crazy that is. Yes, no, I was talking to George that in uh, 1771, they were pushing to create uh, asylums for uh, people who had uh, uh, mental issues. 
And one of the uh, supporters of that was Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin was a radical, like, I mean, you know, people who are radical now, Benjamin Franklin was 10 times the radical (laughs) uh, because he was an out of the box thinker. He was one of the uh, signers of, uh, you know, a lot of important legislation and the founding of our country. And Benjamin Franklin was, uh, was a mover and a shaker. He was there at the forefront creating change. And, uh, I, th- I think we have some of those people among us and some of those people are involved in the disability movement because I feel that disability is a civil rights issue. It's a civil yes. rights issue that needs to be uh, addressed and it needs to be solved for many people that don't know what their rights are. I think we're all part, we're all part of that disability rights effort or the yes, disability sir. rights movement. And it's important to... Uh, um, tell other people that they're part of it too <laughs> so and like you like you were saying kind of mentioned it earlier too dr Juarez said um politicians politicians are, are you know as you know we, we on my other show we do we interview uh, candidates and the reason why is to educate them as to what we need to to be more inclusive but it like you say it is us it's up to us to activate or act activate to uh, advocate for our rights because we just can't sit here you know what i want this i want that but you you have to go out there and get it yes so all this we're talking about folks is going to encompass the show like i said we're doing the foundation um so the thing that i I want to emphasize you go ahead dr Juarez. no and i also want to say you know most when you really think of it most of the time um say confrontations um, happen when a problem arises, right? A problem arises and then you go and you try to meet with them and so forth. Can't uh, there be maybe ongoing meetings where where maybe groups would say, this is is where we are now, but we wanna be further along. What can we do to help you as a legislator? What can we do to uh, help you come up with a solution that to this problem that we can solve down down the road, right? Yes. It needs to be this two-way communication, yes. not just uh, approach the politicians or the policymakers when there's a problem. Because when there's a problem, it's a little bit more immediate and people get frustrated because they say, well, why did you come to us before? Why now? So maybe there needs to be an ongoing dialogue as to how the disability, uh, the, the disabled or disability community could could uh, say, this may be happening down the road. Maybe what can we do now to, to, fix, it, yeah. to fix it? So <clears throat> you, you made a good point there, uh, the two-way communication. That also goes to the private sector when it yeah. comes to disability rights or uh, disability advocacy. I'll give you a perfect example. <clears throat> there was a, a store, and I, I'll say it now because they fixed the issue. I don't know if it's still there. This has been years ago. Anyways, there, it's still okay on Dyer and... It's talking about Chico Stuckles. I forgot the name of the street. But anyways, so I was... At one point, I was part of, uh, uh, of ADAPT. And those who don't know ADAPT is uh, primarily those who use a wheelchair. And what they do, they focus on 
uh, establishments. Well, that one of the things they focus on is they have their, their many facets, but what they focus on is uh, restrooms that are that are not accessible. So. I've been part of the game where, you know, you protest, you, you have that conversation, but when they don't listen, that two-way communication that like you said, Dr. Juarez, so you have to protest. But I think if you have to educate the private sector as to what's required, can that, can that can alleviate a lot of the issues? And what I mean by that, going back to my story, so the Circle K, the restroom was not accessible. We had They had one look at it, okay? And so we brought it up, and right away, they, they, they kicked out that personality, you know, that, that there were being a disturbance. So Frank Lozano and Jose Lara reached out to the general manager or the regional, I guess they call it territorial manager or, or territory manager or whatever they call it. And they were, they ignored us. So guess what? We had to do is let our voices be heard and we protested. And it was such a mess. Dr. Quarter, they called the cops and this and that and all this jazz. And you know what it was, folks, Dr. Quarter, to fix the issue? $120. That's it. That's it. It was one bar that needed to be adjusted in the restroom. And I'm like, wow, all that stuff could have been cleared up. And like you said, if we would have two-way communications. So that's what I'm saying, folks. If you see something, don't, don't be aggressive just talk to them try to educate them now they ignore you well there's other avenues that go to your city rep or go to your uh county judge or county commissioner or something but don't i want to emphasize this always remember this what you're going to do yeah it's going to impact you or your wife or your mom or you're going to help them or you but it's also going to help other people folks so what are you doing now like we were talking about that earlier, Mr. Mr. Juarez, on the other conversation. What we do now is what can impact history. In other words, what they did in 19, 1771, in some ways, somehow, is affecting us in 2022. Okay? What we do now, folks, either by advocating for equal, uh, I want to have a, a, a menu with large print or audible menu because I'm blind. Yeah, it's going to help me. But it's going to help those people that are, come behind us. Or that restroom is not accessible. It's going to help you, but guess what? The other person is gonna, not going to feel segregated. Say, you know how sad it is, uh, uh, Dr. Quartz, to hear your friend say, let's go eat somewhere. Vamanos. Let's go there. Oh, the restroom is not accessible. Oh, let's go here. No, the sidewalk's broken. Let's go here. And that, folks, that's happened. Yeah. And we're like, okay, you know what? We'll just come to your house. So how do you think that person feels? Just think about that person that, like you said, Dr. Juarez, you don't know until you get into that situation. You know, you don't know about using the Hoyer lift, how much energy that takes. Do you know, Dr. Juarez? Right, right. Yeah, you, so people don't know about, oh, I, I went to war, I came back one year, I'm deaf on this year. They don't know what, you know, so what we're trying to say is just don't know your rights, you know. Know the resources because those are very important. Oh, I wanted to mention this earlier, uh, Dr. Juarez. There's a resource, folks, you could use if you have a friend that, uh, let's say they need a medical equipment, like a wheelchair or a hospital bed or anything, but they don't really they don't have either the money or they're being processed to Medicaid and they don't have access to that medical equipment. 
uh, called Valar. Valar has what they call a lending uh, closet. And what they do, they'll lend you that equipment. They'll lend you, not give it to you. They'll lend it to you, and until you process into either Medicaid or you purchase your 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 you know your wheelchair or whatnot, and then you take it back. But don't be, don't go without that equipment because you need it. And then, <laughs> I'll tell you a story real quick, folks. I had a friend of ours called. He said, George, this is an uh, elderly blind man I know. I'm like, okay. He goes, he's not, he's using a broomstick. I'm like, what? what? A broomstick? <laughs> what, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, to walk. <clears throat> I'm like, what? So I went, you know, I gave him one of my, my canes, but I told him about there's this thing called the NFB free cane program. So they, you know, they sign him up for a free, free, free cane. But like I said, folks, there's stuff out there. Just don't be afraid to ask. And, but, before we go, uh, Dr. Carter, I do apologize folks for getting emotional. Just, no, it's, okay. it's so passionate. I'm very passionate when it comes it to this. Yeah, I think this is what we need is we need passion. Yes. We need people yes. to uh, say, you know, I deserve to have this. I mean, it's 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 my right to to have these services. Hey, oh, let me tell you. Okay, did, did you hear that story when she was talking about the school about being a fire hazard? Uh, the, the, the clip we play right now, There's she, she mentioned that they didn't let her go to school because she was a fire hazard. Well, let yeah. me tell you this quick story, folks. This is where I started my advocacy, so to speak, uh, journey. So I went to apply for an apartment. At that time, I could see. I can't see now. I just see shadows. But at that time, I could see. But I had very thick glasses. So I had gone to this um, apartment. So I'm not going to mention the apartments. They're all Montana. I went to apply. And, you know, I had good credit and all that stuff. I, you know, paid the deposit and the... The young man there was really nice. Yeah, you know what, uh, Mr. Savala, come uh, two to two to two to three days, and we'll give you your key. Okay, cool. Again, I, you know, young guy, I'm like what, twenty four. I'm like, yeah, I have my own place and girls over, and uh, I hope my wife's not listening to that. But anyways, so um, a week passes, and I get no call. I'm like, what? It's like, I'm like, what? did I miss a call? This is when cell phones were like barely coming into place. I'm like, did I miss a call? Huh? So me and my mom went down there. To the apartment. Now I walk in and I see the guy. Like, hey. And he looks at me. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll talk to you right now. Okay. He had, a, he had a, a person. And he comes up to me. goes, let's go outside. Like that. He went, he pointed like, let's go outside. I'm like, okay. What, does he want to fight? Come on, let's bring it. Not really. I'm like, what? Yeah. What's going on? So I walk outside and I'm like, what's up? He's like, I didn't want to tell you inside the office, but the manager declined your application. I'm like, why? I paid it and I have good credit on that. No, because she thinks you're, you might catch the apartment on fire. She can't see. I'm like, what? She was there. Yeah. She did that. So that's what I'm saying, folks. Just think about how I felt. Like, wow, just because I'm blind, or I'm not blind but visually impaired, she denied me an apartment? Wow. So that's where I started, where I'm at now. You know, that, yeah, that was, what, 12, 12, 13 years ago, Vito. For you, Dr. Juarez, I appreciate you, 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 Kind of kicking me in the butt, you know, to start this discussion again. And also, not, not only that, Dr. Quartus, but you've always been, for many years, you always reached out to me some here, here and there regarding uh, disability, and I do appreciate that because it, it, it takes people like you. What I mean by that is educators, people of high influence that people could look at and say, oh, wow, Dr. Quartus is talking about that. Or, oh, wow. Uh, a month ago, I had the gentleman, uh, uh, Andrew Polk from KTSM on my show. So that, folks, 
like you said, Bill helps us bring that communication, that network that we need to bring those different different resources and to bring that disability awareness because at the end of the day, folks, we got to live with each other. <laughs> and we want to live happy, you know? So hopefully with this this uh, podcast, you know, we're going to be talking about different stuff. Send it out. I want to do... Um, I'm gonna put it into an audio podcast for those who don't have um, social media. And I'll, 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 I'll upload it to either our website, novisioninternetradio.com, or you go to our Facebook page, No Vision Internet Radio, and the audio comp, uh, podcast will be there. So you can, you know, distribute that because not everybody has social media. So, but we want that information yeah. to be important, you know. Um, but, yes, and not, and not everybody's on Facebook too. Yeah, not everybody's on. That's why right now we're on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, but. But if we, if we, as we know, Dr. Juarez, in our culture, a lot of the elderly don't have internet or don't have money or don't have this, but they have a, a computer or they do have this. But hopefully, and you know, a lot of the majority have smartphones now because, uh, you know, they're trying to get that access. But so what we're going to do is have it in an audio format so you can distribute that also. And then we'll put it on our website so you can look at that too. Um, but before we go, Mr. Dr. Juarez, do you want to say anything? Well, and I think I also invite uh, uh, viewers or listeners to uh, let us know what times, what kinds of topics they want to hear mm-hmm. us cover, or uh, maybe like even legal issues. Right? You've had a yes. number of people who uh, have needed to uh, to uh, take it to a legal issue with an attorney and all that. Not that we're going to dispense legal help here, but. Uh, you know, other ideas that maybe have not been covered or that, or if people want to tell their stories too, I yes. think it's important. Because if you, if it's happened to you, it's happened to someone else. Now, you know, it might be one in a thousand or one in 10,000, but it's happened. And I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I want to mention this too. Uh, we're in the works. Uh, and Mr. Waters has some uh, ideas to mean for, for future shows. But right now we're in the works, hopefully within the next two weeks, I want to say. Uh, we're going to have the executive director from Disability Rights Texas on the show and talk about the services they have because they have a lot of free services uh, and that help people with disabilities. And they're re- right now they're really focused on the COVID response and the access to what people with disabilities have. Folks, I could tell you a story about that, and I'm not going to do it now because that's a long story regarding COVID response to people with disabilities. But it's been fixed. You know, we've, that like you said, that two-way discussion Um Dr. Juarez having that two-week discussion is very helpful with politicians, but that's another story for another day. But uh, Disability Rights Texas, um, I know there's a few uh, interests within the veterans community because they're important too, folks. Just because they're veterans don't mean they don't have disability. They do. A majority of them do because of you know war or whatnot. And, uh, and as you had mentioned, uh, Maria Perez might come on, hopefully. Maria um, Perez. And I also want to tell you that uh, a friend of mine recently... Recently, I needed a picture for uh, a project that I'm involved, and he had been after me to take my photo, and I kept putting them off and putting it off. And finally, I needed a picture, a professional picture. So I went to him, and he took my picture. And then on his wall, I started seeing pictures of a project he was doing. He's actually involved with a project where he's photographing uh, people in Juarez who are at a in a in a center that takes yeah. them. Uh, where the project is called Men- Mentes Hermosas. And I invited him to come to talk to my class because we're talking about asylums in the 
in the reform area. Right before the Civil War, they created uh, asylums and the students were just blown away. So even, you know, what does disability look like in Juarez? Yes. In Juarez. And I don't know if there's any projects that help uh, people in Juarez because we live on the U.S.-Mexico border. We can't deny. You know, some people would say, well, that's Mexico. It's not the U.S. We should be only focusing on, on the U.S., but, uh, you know, we're a border city. Let's find out what's going on there, right? Yes. What I've heard, and this is now, I, I really have kind of been, been a while since I've been to Juarez, <laughs> but um, I remember they're, they're telling me recently, it was in the last, last five years, they're like, George, because I was asking uh, a friend of ours, uh, he, he recently passed away, Jose Lara, I, I go, what, what, because he used to be, um, he used to be, yes, the gentleman that had polio. He used to be a, a, a an anchor in, in, in Juarez. One of the TV things, uh, Canal no 44, I think so. I forgot. Um, but he told me, George, there's no ADA over there. What are you talking about? I'm like, what do you mean about curbs? He's like, Psh. you have to be in the streets. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And so you're, you're right, Dr. Juarez. We need to just bring that, that conversation to the forefront and, and hopefully, like I said, folks, hopefully this will help someone at least, that one person, make a difference in their life. That's my main goal or our main goal. Um, so how can someone, how can they reach out to you, Dr. Quartus, on Facebook or? Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, my account is open, I think. And um, let me see. Uh, they could also email email me. Are you going to include the link somewhere? Um, maybe you could. I could, put in the, I could put in the comments. Okay, okay. Oh, you want me to put your email, the one you sent me? Yes. Okay, yeah, I'll put Dr. Juarez's email in the in the comments so if someone wants to reach out to him. With me, you can just reach me on Facebook or uh, info at novisionintranetradio.com. Um, so, yeah, yes, and I'm also available. I'm on Twitter and on LinkedIn and on several other platforms, but you'll be able to find me or you could also... Um, You're on Twitter? Really? Yeah, oh, Twitter. cool. I'm going to follow you on Twitter. I didn't know that. All right. And then okay. Instagram, but Instagram is a little bit, I don't know, Instagram, I'm still on the on the fence with that, right? Although my wife like it, right? Yeah, my wife likes it. I'm not really, yeah. I guess I, that's like pictures. I guess that's not really for me because I'm <laughs> my blind, but, right. but hey, but you can reach out to, I didn't know, see, I'm, I'm going to reach out to you. On, how do you look? Is it Miguel Dr. Juarez or how is it on Twitter? No, uh, on, on Twitter, it's uh, Miguel Juarez. Miguel Juarez? Okay. Yeah. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed this. We went uh, what, uh, we went one one hour there, Doctor Quad. It's not bad, huh? It went, yeah, went real quick. Yeah, it went quick. Yeah, it went real quick. So, and so, like I said, we're gonna. Um, I forgot to mention this. How we're we gonna do this, Doctor Quad? Is this weekly, biweekly, or monthly? How we're we gonna do this? I forgot to. Uh, I should ask you off air. <laughs> Sorry about yeah. that. Well, no, well, <laughs> I, no, well, we could ask the the listeners. What, yeah. Uh, See, you want to do it, you know, because so, there's a, like I said, there's a huge amount of uh, resources uh, right. out there. Oh, by the way, folks, um, sometime either this week or this weekend, or maybe during the week, I do work full time, so it's kind of hard. I'm going to put a list of um, resources, uh, recent, they're, they're recent right now, of um, like 60 or 60, 65 on the novisioninternetradio.com. So if you want to go look at those uh, resources, um, it, it ranges from senior services to veteran services to uh, information regarding people's disabilities. Um, so that will be either, like I said, over the weekend 
or tomorrow or during the week. But uh, hopefully we'll see you either next week or two weeks. So we'll we'll see you again, that's for sure. <laughs> right, Mr. Guadalupe? Dr. Right. Guadalupe? Um, but before we go, any last words? For me or? Uh, no, for you. For you, sir. No, no. I just look forward to uh, unraveling the what I call the reboot of the accessibility corner. And it's really important. This is an important program. Uh, it's ver very much needed in this community. And uh, and and maybe also, uh, you know, uh, I know there's a lot of people who uh, maybe only are stronger in Spanish. So maybe we might invite some people uh, uh, who are bilingual to speak and they can speak in Spanish as well. Okay. I don't know. Have you ever had anyone like that on your show? Uh, the only one that did that. Mm, not, the only one to do that was was uh, Ricardo Samanego. Okay. Other than that, no, because I'm I'm not gonna lie, you. My Spanish is really bad. Really, really I, if I talk Spanish, I might insult you. I really, I, I don't know what I'm saying sometimes. Well, I don't know how, what I'm saying in English either. But <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a very good idea. That's yeah, a very good idea yeah, because there, there, uh, maybe we could do a, a Spanish edition, and we'll try our best and speak in in, uh, in our Porto Spanish, you know? Right. Oh, my Lord, that's going to be fun. That's for sure. But, but anyways, uh, I think you... I was going to say one more thing before we went, but I forgot what I was going to say. I guess that wasn't you, that important. Uh, you got to write it down. I'm going to say something. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I guess it's not that important. But uh, again, folks, if you want, you know, you want to be part of the discussion, your group, your nonprofit, uh, or you know a community resource, you want to talk about testimonials, like... Dr. Juarez was saying, or we want to also highlight those individuals with disabilities. You know, I know, I know four or five people off my top of my head that one's a lawyer, one's a program coordinator at Valar, one's, I mean, there's a bunch of people that we could talk to, and not to talk about their disabilities, but their abilities. Right. Okay, folks, I want to make sure we, we focus on that because, yes, we do this, we do that, but... Dr. Quad, I don't know if you could agree with me real quick. A friend of mine told me one time, he's like, George, we all had some form of disability. I go, what do you mean? Because yes, there are some people that can't do this, or there are some people that can't do that, in their able-bodied, quote-unquote. So we all have different abilities, but we do have abilities. I go, yep, that's true, we do. So that's what we're going to focus on, the abilities, and how how to move those abilities forward. Uh, like Dr. Juarez was saying, to be more inclusive, know your rights, and also don't be afraid to, folks, don't be afraid. Okay, or don't be in a, I know what you're saying, Dr. Juarez, michismo, eh, yo puedo hacer eso, no necesito ayuda. I know, I've, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it in my own family. Right. But, um, well, God bless you, Dr. Juarez. Uh, we will be talking, of course. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a, a, a show soon. Um, I'm just waiting for the response from Disability Rights Texas, or you who are watching or listening. If you know someone that wants to come on board, uh, you can email info at novisioninternetradio.com and uh, we'll go. We'll do our best to bring them on. There's no fee. There's nothing. No, oops, sorry. And no cost to no one. Like you, like you saw earlier, my passion. I have a passion for this. And unfortunately, it comes true sometimes. But I think that's what we need, folks. We need passion. We really, really do. We don't, you know, that's my inspiration, just that passion I have to help others like you do. Dr. Juarez, people don't know that about you, but you do. You help, uh, and I want people to see that, you know, that we have no agenda. We have nothing. We just want to help people, and hopefully with the show, we'll do that. So, God bless you. I salute you, Dr. Juarez. I salute everyone, and may everyone have a rest of the nice Saturday afternoon.
Okay, thank you, George. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Bye.